Hi everyone, welcome to my fifth episode on my Amazon best-selling book, Troll Proof Branding in the Age of Doppelganger. In this episode, I will be discussing various branding strategies and how they can come to their brand doppelganger. Sir Richard Branson, founder of Virgin Group, once said, Branding demands commitment, commitment to continual reinvention, striking chords with people to stir their emotions, and commitment to imagination. It is easy to be cynical about such things, much harder, harder to be successful. So branding is a key component of any business strategy. Though people sometimes confuse branding with advertising, but advertising is just a tool to build brands. Branding is a strategy to create customer value by gaining a competitive advantage. It is a cultural story about the brand circulated in society. When circulated among the popular culture, a product acquire meaning in the eyes of the consumer and this meaning is known as brand. Brand managers try to quantitatively assign a value to this meaning, but for consumers, it is more perceptual. So when brand elements are circulated in popular culture, they gain meaning through consumer experiences. Then brands are not only recognized, but also recalled by their brand elements such as logo, name, etc. And have built deeper cultural associations. McDonald's name, Nike, Swiss, Swoosh logo or Titan signature, Violent Tune are not merely a piece of brand elements, but are key components of the brand culture. They also inspire their users. Facebook, Flipkart, Tata, Apple, Samsung are examples of successful brands who have created strong value in the eyes of their stakeholders. But why some brands succeed and some don't? According to Booz Allen Hamilton report, most of the companies believe that their brand is the key component of their success. And hence, they constantly need to keep on developing branding strategies to gain a competitive advantage. Over the years, companies have been practicing various branding strategies to build a strong brand. Though there is no set formula for building brands, but some guiding principles have emerged from the success story of the strong brands. Sometimes people misunderstand branding strategies for marketing strategies. Though both kinds of strategies are connected, their spectrum is different. As marketing strategies generally involve four key factors, product, price, place and promotion known as the marketing mix. Marketing mix is defined as a set of marketing tools that the firm uses to pursue its marketing objectives in the target market. Whereas branding is to create a strong perception about the product in the minds of customers. Let's look at some good marketing strategies before we understand the branding strategies and how they have evolved over time. One of the examples of a good product strategy, the first P of marketing mix is of toothpaste company. How a simple product innovation without any cost can increase sales by 40 to 50%. This company in the 1950s was looking for ideas to increase its market share and grow the category of its toothpaste brand. Therefore, they were looking for ideas through a competition involving prize money. So one contestant came and told them that he had the idea which could increase the toothpaste brand sale by 40% without any additional marketing cost. The management was skeptical about their this idea not involving any marketing cost. So they shunned this man's proposal. Time went by and nothing seemed to strike the management. So at last they called this man 
and asked him about his idea to increase sales. The man gave them an envelope containing a small piece of paper. And on that, only four words were written, make the hole bigger. It, mean, it meant that just by increasing the diameter of the nozzle from 5 millimeters to 6 millimeters, the consumer will use more toothpaste with every squeeze. History was created. The second P, which is pricing. Not only products, but brands have used pricing as a tool to, to gain a competitive advantage. Though generally, there are five types of pricing strategies, cost plus pricing, value-based pricing, competitive pricing, and skimming and penetrate, penetration pricing strategies. These can be understood by picking up any marketing textbook. But we need to understand one thing, that economics and psychology play a great role in any marketing strategy. And in this case, it is both. The above five strategies come straight from economic models, but there are psychological pricing, which is based on the assumption that customer buys emotionally and not all buying decisions are rational. One such example is when the brands are priced at $1.99 or $1.85 rather than $1. This is because when an item is priced at $1.99 instead of $1, the customer reacts to the first number, which is in this case, zero and one. And think that the first option is cheaper than the second, even though there is very little cost difference. Over the years, retailers have been influencing our spending habits by various pricing tactics. For example, BOGO, buy one, get one free. And anchoring, that is their price rupees 450, our price rupees 245. Apple uses the decoy pricing strategy with great effect to influence customer preference towards one product by introducing another product as a decoy. Apple launched iPhone 10 first time with a four digit price in the US. The question was whether people would shell out dollar thousand just for a phone. So Apple introduced iPhone 8 as a decoy, which was slight upgrade from the iPhone 7 in terms of battery life and updated camera, but no thrills from a customer point of view. Therefore, their preference moved toward iPhone 10 and iPhone 8 only acted as a decoy to influence customer preference. This becomes clear when we compare the price difference and launch date of iPhone 7. iPhone 7 was launched on September 16, 2016. iPhone 8 on September 29, 2017. And iPhone 10 on November 3, 2017. So the idea of launching the iPhone 8 was simply to prepare customers to buy a high price iPhone 10. Then there is a center stage pricing according to this pricing strategy. Consumers tend to choose the product which is displayed in the center in line with other products. Therefore, companies place their most expensive product in the middle to increase its probability to be preferred. Many e-commerce sites use the framing effect pricing strategy where through comparison with other products, they show how much a customer will save. So there are many branding strategies. I mean, we can, uh, you know, the, the last P or the fourth P is that of, you know, integrated marketing communication or promotional mix right we have many other strategies on channel of distribution which is the third p is place because there's been a lot of innovation which has been done 
uh, through uh, distributor retailers right uh, to make the product available to the end consumer and with the invention or uh, yeah with the invention of e-commerce uh, most of the sales are moving from offline stores to online stores so they have disrupted the offline model of channel of distribution so coming back to uh, promotion right so promotion again there are different kind of um, advertising strategies there are certain elements like you know uh, if if i use advertising synonym with brands though they are not the same thing but still uh, advertising or branding is to create a mousetrap ralph waldo emerson once said build a better mousetrap and the world will beat apart to your door here emerson meant that if you create a great product everyone is going to buy it therefore to build a better mousetrap is to create a product or service offer which the customer cannot refuse and will reach out to buy it it also refers to that you keep on innovating and improving your current product or services by increasing its efficiency and performance this has been the approach right from the time of the industrial revolution in the 1700s originating from britain where mass products were made by using new energy and techniques to build products that are superior to its previous versions of the technology so germany for long believed in such kind of marketing its motto has been that we will give you the best of the product through our cutting edge engineering whether it's cars white goods or heavy engineering products philip kotler the great marketing guru calls it a product centric approach back in the time henry ford completely discarded customer opinion in product development by quoting if i'd have asked my customers what they wanted they would have told me a faster horse keeping this philosophy of his ford motors developed an assembly line for mass production which reduced the time taken to build a car from 12 hours to only 33 minutes this philosophy of henry ford was an inspiration to steve jobs who quoted once you can't just ask customers what they want and then try to give them that to them by the time you get it built they'll want something new thomas edison henry ford and steve jobs were all outlier and believe that with research and development you can produce a great product and people will seek it influenced by the americans and the toyota way the japanese adopted kaizen which means continuous improvement the biggest learning from the japanese firms is that they challenged their own best practices and continuously improved on them as they believed that any best practice is created in a certain social economical technological and political environment and since these keep on constantly changing therefore the best practice need to be revisited and must be improved on creating new best business practices the best example of kaizen is the toyota where an engineering graduate only moves to the next level if he masters the art of picking up the same pair of nuts and bolts from a box to focus on increasing efficiency toyota focuses on muscle memory so that the engineers hands work with unfailing precision but is developing the better mousetrap a fallacy 
many believe that building a better mousetrap is a fallacy as creating a superior product in itself is not good enough as a marketer they need to have a marketing plan and a branding strategy to communicate and influence consumer perception to buy the product the marketers need to not only focus on the product but also on consumers as the customer is the king and will finally decide on when where how to buy and consume the product the other branding strategy which is mindshare branding right it came after mousetrap branding strategy so mindshare branding is the most dominant branding paradigm it uses brand association in the mind of consumers in terms of awareness recall recognition and loyalty as we have seen that the better mousetrap strategy positions the brand on functional benefit believing that they are dealing with a rational consumer whereas the mindshare is all about consumers perception developed through various communication channels and above all experience most brand across the world have been developing their mindshare strategies on abstract terms like fun youthfulness safety security love happiness and by doing this they try to focus on the benefit that will add value to consumers life marketers believe that consumers find value in such abstractions and it's easy to understand measure and manage the concept do not exist as independent entities rather it's cultural expression of what consumer buy experience and value in a brand more than fun consumer experience a particular expression of fun for example dancing around the house to a favorite tune on one's ipod an ipod version of fun is different from fanta's version of fun which is different from kellogg's choco version of fun each brand fun comes to life as a full blown cultural expression so how to gain mind mind share el rice and jack trout have answered this when they first coined the term positioning in 1969 in the article positioning is a game people play in today's me too marketplace later on they went on writing a book positioning the battle of minds where they went on defining the term as positioning is what you do to the mind of the prospect put another way it's how you differentiate yourself in the mind of your prospect so in other words you need to differentiate your brand in the mind of the consumers to gain a share of their minds it's nothing new you do but manipulate the existing information in consumers mind and form a construct for your brand through positioning a good positioning example could be that when a consumer is thirsty and the category he is looking for to quench that thirst is aerated water drink the first choice which comes to his mind is pepsi so this means that pepsi enjoys the maximum mind share in that consumer's mind and becomes the top of mind recall when the need arises so to position your brand in the mind of consumer you first need to understand what is in his mind and how are brands placed in different categories and how brands are ranked in those categories sometimes the positioning strategy can go wrong too a relevant example in this is the tata nano car positioning strategy of being a cheap car in 2007 tata disclosed its plan to launch a people's car targeted to the middle class with the world's smallest 
and fuel efficient car at an affordable price. This price was between a two-wheeler cost and an entry-level car cost and position as the world's cheapest car. Planned to produce 3,50,000 cars at its Singur plant in West Bengal, Tata Nano was launched in three variants. Tata Nano, Tata Nano CX and Tata Nano LX. Though the idea of the engineering innovation were up to mark, it was not clear at all that who is the target audience for this so-called people's car. Is it for the one who wants to upgrade from two-wheelers to a car or to those who want to want a second small city car or to those who want a beta-like, trendier, younger car? Tata's problem was that they had a noble intention based on market sense, but they could not manage the perceptions of the people and failed on the hype which the launch created. Further, car in India is a prized position and is looked at as you are moving up the social and economical ladder. But the owner shy away from Nano as the perception which was built around the car was that of buying a low-priced car because your income cannot afford a bigger car. So the Nano positioning became a disaster and could not live up to people's expectation for whom the car was launched. Mr. Ratan Tata accepted this failure. Coming on to the emotional branding can be, a risk, can be risky too. So not every emotional branding is successful. There are risks also involved in it. Consumers are not, I mean, it is based on a premise that consumers are not rationally but emotionally connected to a brand. They consider them as a friend, pal, amigo and develop an enduring effective bond to the consumer-centric, relational and story-driven approach of the brand's emotional strategy. Taking a cue from the mindshare strategy, emotional branding emerged in the year 1990. The marketers moved ahead from attribute or feature-driven approach to the benefit-driven strategy to establish a clear, consistent and distinctive position based on the benefits in the mind of consumer. For example, a steel-bented radial tire is a feature and safety and a steel-bented radial tire is a feature and safety is the benefit. Benefits are the outcome what consumer experiences after using the product. So consumers do not buy products because they want to buy them or for a particular feature of the brand, but they buy because they want to find a solution to a problem at hand. You order an Uber not because you want to be chauffeur driven in a cab, but you order it to take you conveniently to your destination and save time and is hassle free. Also, you order Domino's pizza, not only that you want to eat pizza alone, but also that it saves your time and effort by delivering it in 30 minutes at your doorstep. Many brands are practices emotional branding strategies, including Airtel, Maggie, Apple, Nike, IBM, Hevels, Titan, McDonald's, Starbucks, and many more. Smart marketers tap into human emotions like rage, fear, grief, disgust, surprise, anticipation, trust, and happiness. Uh, I mean, I can remember happiness. There are so many rendition of happiness and so many brands have taken this positioning plank. Khushiyon ki chabi, khushiyon ki home delivery, open happiness. So, so, you know, happiness as if we all are not happy enough. 
that all these brands are going to bring happiness to us pun not intended <laughs> so but when an emotional branding story loses its cultural resonance it gives way to the creation of a doppelganger brand image every brand attempts to develop and circulate a positive emotional brand branding story around the brand but sometimes it is a risk of cultural backlash as consumers backlash and criticism can destroy an otherwise successful brand so because these these consumer backlash anti brand groups uh, consumers experience not brands not fulfilling their promises right so so to bridge a gap between brand promise and brand performance you know these these will these lead to a lot of consumer backlash and which creates an imagery of a particular brand as we have seen in the examples uh, so that's all folks thanks for listening to my podcast look out for my next episode on fake news and how it creates the brand doppelganger effect till then take care